الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد We continue with our weekly discussion on the heart of a believer, on the heart of a Muslim from the kitab Ma'arif Muthnawi compiled by Hazrat Mawlana Shah Hakim Muhammad Akhtar Sahib Rahimahullah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower his endless mercy upon him Today we're moving on to the story of the herdsman and Nabi Musa alayhi salatu wassalam During the time of Nabi Musa alayhi salam there was a majzub herdsman who majzub means a person who is drowning in the love of Allah who, filled, who was filled with divine love, was busy grazing his sheep and goats in the mountains, mountainous pastures, away from men. In the mountains, he used to cry out distressed in his love for Allah, praying thus, O oh Allah, where will you meet me? If you should meet me, I will become your servant, mend your clothes, comb your hair, and if ever you should become sick, I would console you. O oh Allah, if I should see your home, I will bring milk and ghee to you by day and night. I will kiss your hands, massage your legs. When your time for sleeping comes along, I will, I will sweep clean your sleeping place. O oh Allah, all my sheep are sacrificed for you. O oh Allah, whatever words I speak regarding my sheep and goats, I am actually uttering them in longing love for you. The sheep is just an ali, an alibi. So actually the herdsman in the troubled state of his excessive love for Allah was opening his heart. As I further mentioned in my Urdu Mathnawi, Hazrat Mawlana Shah Hakim Muhammad Akhtar Sahib mentions in his Urdu Mathnawi, this is the story of a herdsman in the time of Musa salam, In a sincere search for Allah, while on the fringe of the desert plains, and while weeping sadly and distressed, with burning divine love from within, one day the herdsman, while remembering his beloved, was crying in prayer before him, O Lord of both worlds, how can I meet you and where? Show me some sign of the meeting place, where I can meet you, O King of the universe, my heart will not experience any quiet, for as long as I do not find your address. Every rose garden is a thorn bush without you. Life is a fire without you. Without you, the beautiful voice of the nightingale sounds like cries of the crow in our ears. This earth, sun and moon, this rose garden, this desert land and sea are all no pleasures to me without you. How can I love without you? Should I meet you, O, o, o Allah? I would press your legs and hands every day. I would give you bread to eat. I would give you milk to drink every morning and evening. I would give you milk of my goats to drink. Oh Allah, oh Lord of all men. The husband was opening his heart to Allah with these words of love when suddenly Musa salam happened to pass by. And Musa salam passed by that, by that way and he, as he heard the words he said, Oh herdsman, do you think Allah stands in need of a servant? 
Does he have a head so that you can comb his hair? Does he become hungry so that you could give him goat's milk to drink? Does he become sick so that you could sympathetically treat him? O oh, ignorant one! O oh, ignorant one! Allah is free of all faults and needs. Quickly repent. Your words are words of blasphemy. Allah is utterly not in need of any of your services. When the herdsman heard these words of Musa salam, he became ashamed of himself. In fear and sorrowful distress, he tore his clothes, started crying bitterly, fleeing towards the desert. Then Allah sent revelation to Musa salam. Oh Musa, why? Why have you chased my bondsmen from me? I have sent you to join them to me, not remove them from me. Revelation came to Musa salam from Allah. Why did you remove my bondsmen from me? Proper etiquette is for those endowed with wisdom. But how can the sigh of the herdsman be with wisdom? He whose clothes are torn through divine love. His clothes are not mended by truth. Which way did my beloved flee? Where is my mad lover gone? Even though love has no reason and disc discretion, and even though outwardly his words appeared uncouth, but from inside his heart was clean. Although outwardly he spoke words disrespectful, but in meaning they were words of love and spirit. With his words of, of one drunk with madness, he was searching for the court of the greatness. Allahu Akbar. Speak to your Allah. Speak to Allah. That's the way we need to turn to Allah in dua. Look at this person speaking to Allah. Let us also say, let us also tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, the most beloved moments in my life are those moments which I spent with you in your remembrance. Ya Allah, you take me out of this. Ya Allah, you do, you're going to do this for me. Ya Allah, you're going to do that for me. That's how we need to speak to our Allah. We failed. We failed in this aspect of speaking to Allah in our dua. Then we worry why it's not having that effect or the desired effect. Yes, the work of the ulama, the work of the ulama and the, and the anbiya was to bring, to join, to join people to Allah. But if people that are on wrong, that are involved in wrong, like the bid'ah, like the bid'ah, the innovations, like the selfie-in, when, when they make all their own innovations in their deen, and they make things which the Nabi of Allah said that we should do, but they now apply their own intellect and they, and they chop and change the deen to suit their desires. The modernists, they do the same. Top, chop and change the deen to suit your desires. Oh no, but it's okay, I don't have so much of deen. Allahu Akbar.
We do not even encourage our children to go out in a part of Allah by spending time in the company of the pious people. We do not do that. Child is gone astray. No, 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 no. Send him for 40 days. Send him for four months. Or send him out here. Strengthen his iman first. Him just having that bad habit and then putting him in, a, putting him out in an environment where you're not, you're not rectifying your carnal desires. Yes, you'll come on to Quran. You'll come on to Sunnah. You'll read your Salah for 40 days in that environment. But you're not in the environment of the of the spiritual doctor who then tries and remove that remedy, the evils of the pride and arrogance. And then slowly, slowly by you implementing his teachings, you start feeling the love of Allah coming into your heart. Then when the love of Allah comes into your heart, you'll be like this herdsman. You'll be like this herdsman. You'll call out to Allah. While you're driving, you'll talk to Allah. Before you sleep, you'll be talking to Allah. The minute you lift your hands, you'll be talking to your Allah. This is what we need. We need to speak. And speak to who? Speak to Allah. The lesson from the story is that at the time of admon ad admonishing or advising someone, one should remember that the person you are admonishing could possibly be one who is accepted in Allah's sight. Yes. That is true. But actions speak louder than words. This person was exempted. You can always tell the difference between a person who's drowning in the love of Allah. He's walking, he's talking, his 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 appearance, his his salah, everything will be different. One should remember. Thus, some persons may be truly sincere lovers of Allah and as such may be disrespectful and blasphemous. This may be as a result of their overwhelming love and is in actual fact not disrespectful. Although to outsiders, that is how it may appear. Malana Rumi rahimahullah says, the conversation of the lover of Allah towards Allah, which comes out of the heart of love, is not void of respect. Speak from your heart to Allah. It won't be empty from respect. Hence, at the time of admonishing and advising, one should be moderate. It should not be done with so much of harshness and in such a punishing manner that the person loses hope. However, in the case before Musa salam. Nabi Musa salam, because of being a courier of Sharia, it was necessary for him to show the herdsman where he had gone wrong. See, there's a difference. You need to learn to accept it. You in your own field of expertise in your degree, wherever it may be, or whatever it may be, you know best your way. When it comes to do with Sharia, then the inheritors of the Anbiya know it the best. Take their way and go. And follow it. Follow your Imam who's helping to guide the people in the communities. Follow him. Take advice from him.
Allah's rebuke to Musa salam was not for the purpose of forbidding him from showing the right path. It was more to show him the correct manner of giving advice. We also need to understand that. For this reason, it would be wrong for the ignorant to object against the teachings of the ulama'i haq. Neither should they consider themselves above the ulama. And the ulama have a very high position in Allah's sight. Remember that. إِنَّ الْعُلَمَاءَ وَرَثَةُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَإِنَّ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ لَمْ يُوَرِّثُ دِينَارًا وَلَا دِرْهَمًا The ulama are the inheritors of the anbiya. And the inheritors of the anbiya are not in search of. The inheritance of the anbiya is not dinars and dirhams. Yes, seek such ulama who have made amends by rectifying themselves, who have a spiritual mentor, who have attached themselves via the hand of a spiritual guide. And then no that advice, they are taking people forward. And you're going out in a path of Allah, you're going in, in, a, in a company of the pious people, and you, he's teaching you in every possible way. Do not object. Unfortunately, these ignorant and foolish people, they only object against the teachings of the ulama'i haq. Who is the ulama'i haq? Ulama'i haq are those who keep Allah in front of them at all times who are on the tariqah of our Salafus Salihin, our, our pious predecessors. They are our Salafus Salihin. They are on a pathway going from there, from there, going right up to Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. These are the ones that are on haq. Those who just graduate and then they regard themselves as, as now spiritual mentors when they don't, themselves don't even have any mentors. They're not going to be able to, 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 to remedy you from, from the evils of arrogance, ignorance, etc., etc. No. So con and do not consider them yourselves above the ulama. It's a cry in today's day and age. People, people ill-treat the ulama. They look down upon the ulama. They regard ulama as just mere workers in their communities. No, it's not that. Ulama are not just mere workers in your communities. Ulama are there to serve, serve and protect and preserve the deen of Allah, to teach you what is right. You need to look into it and take, and take that. Allah bless us all with the ability and tawfiq and understanding of bringing in ourselves, in our lives, each and every sunnah of Nabi alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with, with, with true love for Allah. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ Those who bring iman have severe love for Allah. Allah bless us with that intense love. Let us be like that pressure cookers in this last 10 days of Ramadan. We've achieved so much of that pressure in our hearts. 
that we can cry our heart out now in these odd, odd, odd nights in this blessed month of Ramadan. Cry our heart out like a pressure cooker. Let loose all that pressure that is within ourselves while remembering Allah, bringing in amongst all the sunnah of Nabi Salam. Allah bless me, bless you, bless us all with the, with the true understanding. And وَمَا عَلَيْنَا إِلَّا الْبَلَاغِ وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ